Hello everyone, we are here with another Kojuren's Fireside Chat. Uh, today, we were uh, the topic for today was inspired by a comment left by Jorgen Desmet. I hope that I pronounced his name properly. So in the previous episode, we discussed if uh, it was possible to bring Agile and developers back together. And one of the comments that Jorgen left to us, uh, he was also mentioning that we one of the reasons might be that developers uh, want to specialize themselves into certain technical areas. And for that, they might not be interested potentially in other areas. So I'm Sandro Mancuso. I'm here with Mesh and Jose from Cojudens. And today we are going to be discussing to specialize or not to specialize? So should we become generalists? Should we become specialists? So in terms of software delivery teams, what do, do you guys think? Well, I, I'll, I'll start. I get the ball, the ball rolling. Um, so I, I don't see anything wrong with uh, specializing. I think like everything else, it has its place. And uh, it's it's a matter of where in the context no that fits right, and there there's this idea of you know um, uh, let's say T-shaped profiles no people who are you know if if you look at all of the skills no uh, that that the profile can have like they know a little bit about a lot of stuff and then they they're really really good at at one particular thing no or P-shaped. No, like more than one or M shaped, right? And and I feel that really depends, no, on, on the context. Now, if you're talking to a doctor or a surgeon, no, <laughs> you, you probably want them to be really, really specialist on that one thing that they're going to be doing, no. Um, uh, but if you're, you know, if if you're having to deal with something else, no, that you may having a, a broader view on things, no, may be more interesting. So. I personally don't feel like that's a that's a bad thing. I do feel that uh, maybe no, and this is this is related to to the previous thing. Uh, people do like specializing, and and that may be an issue when you're only focused on one thing and you lose sight of of the whole. I feel like that is is what causes the the problem. No, I don't know, but Mash, what, what do you think? So. Uh, my personal view is that specialism is um, it's what you really need to understand is you know the when you talked about the T shape the the thing that you go deep in right how do you define that how do you define the width of the thing that you will go deep in right because in some cases people take too not narrow of a specialism right. Now, let, let's uh, before kind of test-driven development was was a uh, you know quite a fairly common practice. I know it's not it's still not that common, but people thought that writing tests was actually not their job. Developers thought that writing automated tests, in particular, was not their job. So they were specializing in writing production code only and not testing code. Now, now that, that's what I mean by the width of it. Uh, the other aspect of developing is, and you can take this, you know, there is, it's a very blurred boundary, right? You can take this to 
like what's business analysis is you know i am as a developer i'm trying to understand what i need to build and what and how, so does that mean that i shouldn't be doing this and someone should just tell me because i'm a specialist developer i am not a business analyst so i shouldn't really be looking to fully understand exactly what i'm building right so i i think looking at specialism purely from a development point of view i think there is a dysfunction where people narrow the scope too much for their specialism but then there are other aspects where i see that specialism is actually a very good thing i've met people like uh, an art director basically like a graphic designer who is involved and you know you will always get some generalists who could do a bit of ui um, that kind of thing but when you get an art director to to really do that you know there is a big difference and they can't do anything else but i'm sure they have other aspects that they kind of generalize in as well but their specialism is a uh, you know i i see it very valuable so 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 that's what my my point of view is that you you really have to be very careful on what you define specialism as because you can make it too narrow it, it- Sorry, before you go, uh, uh, Sandra. So it, there, there's also this aspect of uh, economies of scale as well, right? Like there, there is an aspect of a you know, get maybe you can get someone who's really good at a lot of things, right? But that doesn't really scale, right, for your organization or whatever. And I feel like that's uh, that's also an aspect from the point of view of the organization. You don't really, you're not looking for. Uh, the the one man band kind of thing. No, most of most of the time where they they can perform really really well at, in in lots of uh, different areas, right? And th- to some extent, the the whole system, even the education system, has kind of a, a adapted to fulfill that you know factory mindset no where you have people who are really good at, and and you look at this with you know if you look at data science or you look at you know like the, there are certain topics that they are so deep that you know you really need to invest you know thousands of hours just to to get uh, you know a, a decent at them right you, i'm not talking about you know writing uh, papers on, on what's coming up next no but but just being able to to perform well huh? so I, f- i feel like that's a that's an aspect that by design is there right and and it's not a is not inherently bad no it's what makes the system kind of scale right sorry uh sandra you yeah no that, that's fine because there is so much to talk about uh here i want to bring a slightly different perspective or maybe try to uh how can I say, detach two different topics here. One is a personal satisfaction. So we are very fortunate people normally because we we can do what we like and we, we can have a good living out of what we do. So normally when we join uh, our industry, we there were a few things that attracted us to our industry, right? So there is a, uh, there is a personal side to it. So for example, I tend to study more or to go deeper into subjects that I normally I'm more interested. So this is uh, a very personal 
approach to a specialization because I normally like to dedicate my time. And when I say I, I'm talking about many other people as well, many other professionals that they have pleasure in learning and going deeper into certain subjects. And by that, as a side effect, they become more specialized in there. And then there is the other aspect is how those professionals, they coexist in an organization. So for example, if you need to assemble a team or you need to manage a department or achieve a goal, an organizational goal, how do you combine all those different professionals? And that's when, uh, for example, some organizations try different approaches. Some of them are pushing people to become uh, cross-functional people. So normally they were trying to achieve cross-functional teams but in order to achieve cross-functional teams, they end up pushing the individuals of those teams to uh, go broader, to start taking many different uh, tasks that the team is responsible for, almost like pushing people to be cross-functional people and not cross-functional teams. And, and this is where, for me, sometimes we have some conflict. Because on one hand, you have your personal desires, the, your personal um, like, uh, how can I say, the, the, the things that you are interested, do you would like to do, that where you would like to spend most of your time uh, doing those things. And then there are the other things that you need to do. And I think that, of course, in order for you to collaborate with the team, you need to have a certain degree of overlap. And that's where probably the T-shape comes into play because you have enough breadth so that you can uh, uh, interact with other people and understand, have a common... Uh, uh, how can I say, establish a common goal or a common vocabulary or, or stuff so that we can coexist. But when you are pushed to, to do too many other things away from what you like to do, that's where a problem arises. Uh, uh, so I, I take a slightly different view from a more... So what you like to do, um, you know, there's a personal view and there's a team view, right? Uh, so what you like to do as an individual and what needs to be done, right? There uh, are a bit different. You can generalize people too much. So I think that, you know, this cross-functional people versus cross-functional team, maybe there is a, I, I find the, the, the boundary a bit too strong describing it in that way. Uh, what, what I would say is that, you know, people certain everyone likes to do certain things some th some things in their job are um, you know more let's say interesting and other things are less interesting right so if we take a view on purely a let's say a selfish view let's say that you know things that I like to do and things that I don't like to do and then I only do the things that I like that's a bit for that is more of a selfish view but then there are but then taking it on the other end, like if I'm completely selfless and I'm doing everything, then I am spread too thin as well, right? So, so to me, it seems like there is a, a spectrum and they, they, there is a core set of things, each role, let's say the role of a developer, the role of an a analyst, uh, there are a core set of things each role should be doing. And I feel that, it's not just as simple as generalizing specialist. It's not that I'm specializing in this and I generalize in this and someone else specializes in the thing that I generalize. I think an effective team has a quite a strong overlap amongst its members on the things that they are specializing in, right? But also has an area, areas that they, they diverge 
at in terms of their skills. But but team teams are also fluid, right? And by the way, I'm kind of doing a bit of a devil's advocate here, right? So so just want to be very clear here. So because of course I, I also understand that we, we need to, you know what, like you are a professional, you need to do what needs to be done and stuff. So it's not you are not in a professional environment, you're paid to do a job, right? So and the but but there is a for example, you mentioned business analysts let's take that as just as an example right so i see that the role of developer is in a constant expansion yeah so for the the business analysis is a very interesting one because yes uh on one hand you really need to understand what we need to do so you need to speak to your product owners you need to go deep into the requirements you need to see what is the acceptance criteria you need to see the impact and so on and so forth we need to do some planning for that you need to do some analysis and stuff like that but how far do you you go in that capacity for example do you let's say if you are working on a more traditional agile process you focus on your next iteration and you just like focus on the top of the backlog and then you do analysis in what needs to be done immediately next, or you are gonna uh, stop writing code altogether. You're gonna just doing business analysis with the business people to to create a strategy for the product, and just to generate the user stories at a high level, or just to understand which what needs to be changed in each system. For example, if you're doing more a technical business analysis, but just to provide that information so that someone we will actually do the change. See what I'm saying? So there is also a spectrum of business analysis and all of a sudden you might be ju doing just enough so that you can use your specialization as a developer to implement that. Or you might be completely far off where you do a lot of analysis, but you are not using your specialization as a developer. See where I'm coming from? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I feel that this kind of spectrum is actually unique where for each different combination of roles, the way I see it is, you know, the relationship between a like the role of a business analyst and the role of a developer, right? How how much do they overlap? The relationship between a a business analyst and let's say uh, a tester, right? How do they overlap? And what kind? Of, and each one of those, there is a almost like a relationship between them. And the level of overlap that is actually quite good. And at what point do you then start finding yourself that you are stretching? Like from a like business developer, business analyst, I think there is quite a strong overlap. But a developer, unless, you know, as I mentioned, the example of an art director, there might be a very little overlap. Right. And that's that's why I think it's quite a complex question, isn't it? About whether you, what you specialize in and and where you are a generalist and where you actually have very you know just simple awareness but very little else okay yes there there is that capability part right like you may not have the skill at all to do things but what i find is that a lot of the time is also about attitude is not so much about the skill because the skill in many cases you can you can build right like it's not um you know if it is within you know the range of, of let's say the area where you specialize or whatever right like you were saying before and no, i i only write uh, production code i'm not going to care about the tests no or i'm not going to care about infrastructure or i'm not going to care about whatever right um so there, there is 
uh, an aspect there of uh, the willingness to to have that overlap more than the capacity to have the overlap. And I feel like that is a key factor for a team to be successful. It's not just about which, you know, capabilities or skill individuals have, but also the idea that we are all in this together, right? And we're all trying to contribute. And some people will be able to contribute more or less, or, you know, depending on, on the task. Uh, but that's a that's a key factor. And it, it, to some extent, uh, going back to to Jurgen's uh, point, no, in, in his comment, uh, it's about not wanting to contribute, no, not wanting to get out of my specialty or my, you know, what I've been studying all of this uh, time, right? Or because, and and there are other things to that because to be able to do that is 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 getting out of your comfort zone in in many uh, regards, right? There there is this aspect of you know. Uh, starting again the the learning journey, you know, and and going through those steps of, of feeling inadequate and you know like slowly building up and then you know starting to master a little bit more and so on. Uh, and not everyone wants to go through that, right? And you find it in people who who I don't know like they they have a strong foundation but then maybe you know they go to a project and they need to learn a different language it might not be a, a, a complete you know step away right it may be something that is close to i don't know if it's java that you know maybe you're having to learn kotlin no or you're having to learn uh, scala or something like that no in, in the sense that it won't be a huge uh, gap in in knowledge uh, but still, people don't want to take that trip or don't want to take that trip often, no? And and I feel attitude is an important aspect, no? In, when we're talking about that, this. That, that's a very, very interesting point, Jose, is we were just talking about generalization and specializations across roles, but actually specializations exist within the role as well. As you mentioned, you know, I'm a Java developer, I'm a C-sharp.net developer and so on. And yeah, you know, you, you get people, I, I think things are, I mean, from what we see at least, things are improving and especially, I mean, in our company, you know, we positively encourage. And in fact, I find it very refreshing that almost everybody in our company is more than eager to go look at a different language. But going back in my own career, I know, I've known so many people who will identify themselves. I'm a Java developer. I don't develop in anything else, you know. Uh, if it's if I have to do a bit of scripting, I don't do scripting. You know, I'm a Java developer, or I'm not. A, I don't do HTML and JavaScript. That's the front end person's job, you know. And that I find is uh, again there is a spectrum there, but I think there the overlap should be much much bigger. Of course, you get people specializing in certain areas even there, but the overlap should be much much bigger within a role because you're just that's tool level specialization right yeah th there are uh, uh what i was thinking about neighboring skills right so you have the, the skills that you uh, want to specialize the ones that you enjoy uh using and learning 
and then there are the neighboring ones and then there are then you start going outwards and then you start finding other neighborhoods in a way in terms of skills right so the there is a a personal attitude which i also agree uh, i think that you become far more effective uh, the broader you you learn there's a whole t-shape kind of thing like there are areas that you are really good at that you specialize but you understand enough about all the the neighboring uh, skills given the context that you are in you understand them well enough to contribute very well to the teams or even step into uh step up if one of your team members is not available for whatever reason and so on and so forth, right? So, so that's very good. And the more you understand about the other areas, the neighboring areas, the easier it will be for you to collaborate and create ideas and co-create even uh, solutions and stuff like that. So I think we, I, I totally understand that. But how far do we go? Because this is for me an interesting question because as Mesh said, at the beginning developers would write code. And then there was a push for them to start uh, doing testing and then automating their test. And then there is a push for them to do business analysis and help with the user stories. And then there is a push for them to do operations and start automating stuff. And then they need to understand cloud. They need to understand the user journey. They need to understand what about the business domain. They understand so so at how far do we go? Because like at some point, uh, if developers are being pushed, spreading themselves too thin, and, and they are spending their time. And again, I'm trying to do a devil's advocate in here, right? So, but, but if you try to spread yourself too thin, you don't have a lot of time to specialize, right? Because now you are spending a lot of your time trying to learn other things and, and cross it. So you, you spend less time doing that. And as more and more people do that, because we also have seen teams that they push to be cross-functional, teams of cross-functional people, <laughs> where they were very bland teams. They, 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 they were not doing anything exciting. They were not innovating. They were not, serene. they were just like, they could not do anything in depth, nothing complicated or that needed innovation, that needs a lot of creativity would end up going there because there was not enough specialists to go deeper. And if you look at a lot of the technologies, a lot of evolutions we have in our industry, yes, there were some of them that were a combination of people that they created interesting businesses, but a lot of technologies that we use today uh, came from the, the, the deep specialists. So I, I'm still a bit like uh, the, the expectations that we have from developers today Sometimes I, I, I wonder if it's way we expect too much of them. And, and, and oh, that's another point that I had, sorry for, for taking too much time to, to put my point. But like, as we are asking developers, other professionals to start uh, uh, going too deep in other areas as well, we, they end up doing a job that is half-arsed in a way, because for example, they are not very good at testing. They're not very good at business analysts. They might not be very good at project management uh, or engagement management or UX. And all of a sudden, because it's their expect it's expectation for them to do that job, we end up not using a specialist in all those areas. End up, and we end up with a half-hour's job everywhere, including in the development area, because the developers are spending far less time developing. So, so yeah, I think it's a very good point. Um, the you know the, the there are two ways to uh, to remedy that uh, you know you got two extremes 
we are talking about an extreme of everyone's a generalist and the other extreme of everybody is a specialist. Uh, and I'm now thinking about the kind of the team level, right? And at that team level, the happy medium is that you've got a good bunch of specialists, um, maybe a few good generalists. Uh, so there's a good balance at the team level. But at that level, there is one key area that Jose mentioned is the attitude of, you know, when you are a specialist for you to not then sit in your silo and think, feed me the stuff that I am, that I am a specialist at, and I am not going to take part in other aspects because it's not, it's not my job. Right. So that attitude actually hurts the team, but on the other hand, if you have a good attitude towards it, where you are actually saying, okay, I, I specialize in certain things. Not only I will do those things, but I will also advise and teach others to be able to do. But also at the same time, I'm going to be very interested in what other people do, even though I can't do it as well as them, but I'm very interested in them. And it creates a good dynamic, right? And by, the, by that very nature, it will allow that specialist to start building up general areas where they are not just, they're kind of moving from awareness to actually kind of, you know, beginner, advanced beginner, those kind of things, yet still specializing in certain areas. So I think in this kind of thing, it's my view is that it's okay to specialize. It's fine to specialize and we need specialists, but the attitude must be there that you are working in a very cooperative way and you are getting your hands dirty, as it were, with all the other things that need to happen and not just standing apart. I feel like it's it's also a matter, like if you look at it, um, yeah, individual as an individual, no, like like uh, in a selfish no, point of view, um, it also makes you uh, more valuable, valuable to the team, valuable to the organization as well. And it, it allows you to do your job better as well, right? So understanding how everything works allows you to do a better job in whatever it is that you are uh, specializing. And uh, there's another aspect of that, which is by looking outside, you can also bring in new ideas to what you're doing and complement what you're doing and, and continue expanding on on that specialty right so so there's definitely lots of benefits from from something like that right like there the the keeping okay you want to specialize but you know you keep a broad you know view right like there, there's more things out there you still want to know how certain things work maybe not you know get them to the same level of specialty no but uh but you do want to be aware of what is happening so that you can cross uh pollinize no if if you will and and i feel that's a that's a very important aspect because even when you are uh, learning new things within the specialty the the way that you learn is connecting other ideas or connecting, you know, and the more you know, the broader that your, you know, your ideas are, no, to some extent, the easier it is to to connect those concepts, right? And and I feel that that will help you anyway, 
And whether you want to go down the generalist route or you want to go to the specialist route, it will help you anyway. So there is a there is a case for looking outside of, of the specialty one way or another, right? Yeah, I was just wondering, because in principle, I agree. And I was just thinking if there are exceptions uh, to that, and also if your attitude to, towards becoming a specialist uh, that you are, I wouldn't say that, I'll put it in, in a very blunt way. I think that's someone that says, look, this is my job and all those things are not my job. I don't like that attitude. I don't like, I don't think it's a professional attitude. I think that you are there to do your job, but also doing your job means collaborating with others, achieving a, a bigger goal than your individuals, right? So that's, I just want to make it very, this very clear. Uh, but there, there is a, I wonder if there are exceptions to, to what you just said, Jose, and also if the attitude that you have in terms of, uh, guiding your career and we talked about that in one of the previous fire chat episodes uh guiding your career to be more specialist in one area or you start turning your career to be more a generalist if that leads you to different roles and one of the examples that i i think for example people that want to be involved in decision and like in management for example they want to the kind of career that they want is to to manage a team manage a department manage even a company uh, like even roles like CTOs and stuff, they tend to be far more generalists than specialists. They know they need to know what is possible, what can be achieved, what is available to them, right? But at the same time, a generalist cannot create. Sometimes, for example, we work with companies that are in uh, R and D in the scientific world, and and in there they have very deep specialists in highly specialized areas as well that is very difficult to even recruit for and those people are also very extremely valuable to the company see what i'm saying yeah. uh, i think i think going back to yeah um sandro i like i i totally agree by the way that you know specialists uh are, are needed in fact in a in highly technical or highly specialized areas innovation happens because you know people really they live and breathe that discipline, right? Uh, what Jose was saying actually uh, rings a bell because it isn't, I think in the book Mastery, Robert Greene talks about this as well, is that he talks about uh, you, when you are trying to achieve mastery in a particular area, and mastery, I guess, I'm taking that almost synonymous towards kind of specialism because you, you're trying to become a master in a particular discipline, in a particular area, right? And he talks about when you, when, you know, you kind of are a practitioner, uh, but then when you get, go towards that mastery of something, what these people normally do is that they have really internalized the discipline, but they then start crossing into neighboring disciplines so that they can bring knowledge from those neighboring disciplines to create new knowledge, right? So because that's what, you know, you when you become that master, you are creating knowledge, you're creating new knowledge. And that, you know, you can't always think of it as, you know, you have an epiphany and then suddenly something pops up. It's actually a combinatorial effect of your specialization in neighboring areas or areas that are complementary. 
Yeah, I remember something along those lines. Uh, I don't know if it was in that book, but they said something along those lines. Like you reach, let's say, I don't remember where I read that, but like you reach, like say, 90% of competence in your core discipline. And and some very successful people, the, the ones that create a lot of uh, innovation in the world, they, they go to a, a, another discipline and they are able to reach like 70% of competence in that discipline. But the way that they get there, because of the, the, the knowledge that they're bringing from outside to the discipline that they're in, they, they have different uh, insights or different ways of doing things. And that generates innovation. But, but uh, yeah, but, but I, I still like uh, thinking on the... Um, you like... You, no, go on. Sorry, you, you brought out a, a point uh, before, Sandra, that was um, if, you know, that attitude towards uh, the learning, no, the generalist approach makes you better suited for specific roles or, or not. No, like you, you, you talked about management and, and so on. And uh, it, it's interesting because the more generalist you get, yeah, I feel like what that gives you is a systemic point of view, how everything fits together. And you need that visibility in order to perform well some of those roles that you mentioned. No, CTO, um, good management, that kind of stuff, right? And uh, and I feel like that is that is an important aspect. That is what we kind of strive for. And, and to some extent, the idea of, you know, this impose expectations on developers now that you were talking about that that maybe are getting wider and wider is because in order to let's say stay competitive today it it requires people to have that kind of awareness yeah and that is why some people are being kind of pushed to know but you need to know a little bit about this and you also need to know you know because because knowing that will give you that uh, systemic uh, point of view no and to some extent, that is very necessary. I would say it's necessary for everyone, whether you reach there on your own, no, in the sense of you know you like exploring and you like you know trying out new things and so on. That's kind of your your driver. Um, but it, it is essential, let's say, to to be able to do a great job, not just good enough job, but a, a great job, no. And it's not that difficult, in, in my opinion. Like a lot of the times when you're trying to do something like this, like before we were talking about, um, you know, stepping in or, or putting on different, you know, hats and, and helping out. A lot of the times that's just, you know, leading, for instance, right? And and that requires a certain degree of you know, systemic view or, or, you know, understanding of how everything fits together, right? And that is that. That's an aspect that I feel like it's not. You're not gonna get that uh, if you just look at your function, let's say, or, or your silo, no, so so to speak. Um, I don't know. It's it's just. I, I feel like it's it's there. It's it's intrinsic. It will help you in that sense because it goes beyond just the uh, you know. The, the more skill or capability focus kind of thing, and it becomes more of an enabler for everything else. So it multiplies. Now, it, to some extent, it, it, it makes whatever it is that you're doing or that your team is doing 
be more than just the sum of of the parts, mm -hmm. right? But but there is for me like uh, a difference between being aware of those things. For example, if you are a team member and you understand how other things in the system and system as a uh, not not a system as a software, but like a whole organization, how everything fits together. So so it helps you to to position yourself, it helps you to place the kind of job that you are doing, it helps you to write, have the right connections and the right conversations and so on. But but I also, uh, going back to the, the beginning, is it realistic and or is even healthy to expect that certain, that developers keep expanding their roles as they are? And, and a, a concrete example is with DevOps, right? So how many times we had, uh, not only in our organization, but in outside, we've seen like both inside and outside where when developers start trying to, to move more towards operation and do a lot of automation. And then when we actually saw a guy coming from sysadmin as a career and how they actually automate stuff, and you can see a huge difference. And this is true for all the other areas as well. For example, uh, when we saw teams of developers, again, both internally and externally, we've seen both, right? So when they are managing their own project and when you have a good agile delivery manager, how it changes, because like we are asking the developers to do a lot of things that are outside their key area of expertise. And now I'm talking about disciplines that are a bit further away from their neighboring skills, right? So, so the, the further away that they go, the worse it gets for me because they end up doing their best. They, they are, they have the good attitude. They have the attitude of like, I'll do what it takes. If it's project management, if it's DevOps, if it's whatever else, I'll do what it needs. So it's a good attitude, but that doesn't mean that they do a good job at it. So as a strategy for the company, so even in the neighboring, uh, even in the neighboring disciplines, for example, depending on for example, the backend frontend discussion, the front-end world is quite complex today. It's very, so I mean, the skills that we have in certain technologies now, they are not always so compatible to how we do certain back-end things. So, and those are neighboring skills. So, yeah, I wonder how healthy it is to push people to go broader and I broader and broader. And how realistic, how, that's, how realistic is to have the, a high expectation from people doing that. Mm -hmm. I think part of this is related to skills, right? So, you know, um, but part of this is related to you doing this job and you have to do these jobs as well, right? And you are relying on um, the team. So to do certain roles, which are adopted by everybody in the team, right? So, and those roles get left behind because actually people, so for example, developers are often asked to do the, the, you know, the project management side of things as well, you know, because or analysis or QA, right? QA in particular, actually, it happens quite often. And be, because they are too concentrated on, on the development job, uh, they, you know, they, they kind of leave, they leave that behind. It's not always just related to the skill. It can be related to the fact that, you know, they have other full-time roles that they are performing. So there's this kind of role type uh, di dichotomy, I guess, you know, so, 
and and it depends on the size of the team, the complexity of the thing, on whether you know you need individual roles in these areas. So, one one thing on that because, if, is it the specialization or is it that you are in a context, no, or an organization? Because you mentioned it, you you said like, is it healthy? Well, it, it, is it even you know good for the organization and so on? And I feel like it's great to have that. You know, if you are open, you know, you're you're a specialist, but you're open to take other things, right? That's that's fine. The problem becomes when you're in a context where taking that other thing then becomes the new <laughs> specialty. And that is that is unhealthy if you don't want that challenge, right? So the other day I, I actually answered a, a tweet. Someone was saying, have you ever been asked to do something that is completely outside of your uh, skill set? You know, how did you deal with that, right? And, and my answer was yes. Of course, I've been asked. It, the way that I deal with that is I said, I'll do my best. Sometimes it went great. Sometimes it was it was good enough. But not having the skill was less important than whether I had an appetite for, for the challenge. Right? And I think that's, that. again, it, it goes back to my point of, Attitude is 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 everything uh, there. No, if if you uh, are faced with having to, let's say, step out of that comfort zone and so on, and you want to do it, no, I, it's it's okay to try and it's okay. However, if that is forced, if you don't have the option, so if you're in a in a context that doesn't allow for, you know, for that. Uh, then it's unhealthy, and and it's unhealthy because you are in an unhealthy uh, context. You know what I mean. So there there is that aspect as well. Of, it's not so much you know whether you decide to specialize with a good attitude or you want to be a gener uh, generalist. Is whether the context in which you are in is able to recognize when those things are happening and adapt and and so. And I feel like the organization has a lot to do with that. Right? You can get really good people who are specialists who, who really want to get things done, and then they get burned out because you know I, I said yes once uh, to do the uh, infrastructure work, and now I am the infrastructure guy. This is not what I want to do with uh, with my career, right? And that is that is the unhealthy uh, part to some extent there, right? There, there is that component that is not the individual but the context, uh, and it and it's also very important. Uh I think that's that's a very good point. Is that you know when when you are moving in areas when where it's actually natural because you know you're doing this job and that needs done and you go there, but you kind of you're coming back to to your own areas and it's happening naturally. But then when you get stuck in a particular place, but then you are specializing in that and you're not the right person to be doing it anyway, and you, you're doing it full time. But I think the other thing is when certain roles are needed and people don't have the the time on the slack and that's what i was saying earlier to to actually be able to do it like project management like qa those roles are needed but they don't even have the time to be able to do that but they're expected to do that is very unhealthy and by the way this is this applies to our organization as well you know we didn't have a job we, we didn't used to have a job delivery managers Now we do, and we were able to compare, you know, someone who really likes doing that versus someone who's stepping in and doing the, you know, trying to, to move things forward and so on, right? And and both are great. Uh, and 
the thing is you shouldn't depend on that to you know just be the the way to move forward right it should be something that allows you for that flexibility you know that that stability in the system uh, that that allows you to you know provide a baseline and and move forward no uh, but it shouldn't be the de facto way of, of working no just just expecting people to just you know step in and do it and and then do it perfect as well right because that's that's the other thing right you still need to the, the work you still need the work to come out uh, you know in a in a you know at, at a particular standard no so that's that's i think uh, unhealthy on its own and it's not so much related to the person no yeah so so i are we for i don't know if i have critical distance to say what i'm gonna say because i think i'm too close to a developer in my head i'm still a developer right so i, I keep lying to myself to say that i'm still a developer but the it seems to me again it might be a very biased view here but it seems to me that the expectation to do more than their core discipline is squarely on the developer the developer is the one that everyone is trying to stretch the business, the agile coaches say, no, you as a developer, you need to do far more. You need to do automation and testing and get involved with the business and so on and so forth. I don't see the coaches themselves saying, hey, we should learn programming. We should learn uh, QA. I don't see the BA saying, hey, uh, the BA should know how to code, how to do automation or how to know how to architect clouds. I don't see any other role that, that, that uh, how can I say, that uh, expectation of other members of the team to generalize as much as we have the expectation for developer. And this is why I was coming from, like, is this even healthy? Is this even the right thing to do? Because it seems a bit a, unbalanced. No, I totally, totally, yeah, seems a bit un unbalanced. I totally agree. And I was like, while you were saying, I said, damn right, yeah, you know, that is very true that we ask in terms of generalizing, uh, we ask developers to do it much more than we ask others. But And then I started thinking, well, why is that? There is one very simple reason. In every development team, there are far more developers than there is any other role. So if you, you've got a team of five, normally you'd have three or four developers and on one or two other roles, right? Yeah. And so there is more capacity or not capacity scope for developers to kind of to be doing other things. But 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 I think that like this is uh a dangerous kind of uh, role because like what we also see, although it's true, normally the composition of a, a delivery team, let's say, would have far more developers than the other roles. You normally have one of each or maximum two, like if you have a QA or whatever. Uh, but, but we also see teams that are just developers. And mm -hmm. we keep pushing the developers, pushing them to a, an extent as an organization to start removing the other roles and say, well, the developers can now do everything. And the developers Wait. themselves believe that. So I, I was believe that. Say that. I right? was so, say that. So you know what? This whole agile thing is saying, yeah, cross-functional team, and we should do more and more. And I start liking that idea. So you know what? Like, yeah, I'll do whatever. Like, can I make the decisions as well? Can I I'll be accountable, but uh, can I also right so so make decisions and, and stuff so so then you start to say yeah sure uh, you want me to do qa we do but then i will make my decisions uh so want, but but the, the the thing that then we see a lot of teams now that they have a bunch of the uh, a group of developers 
and they might have one product owner that is a bit remote. Sometimes we see product owners divide one product owner across three, four teams. And that's it. The teams only have developers, right? So yeah, developers are doing everything. Well, like even like, and I generally believe that most developers, at least within the circles that we are, right? So within the context that we normally see ourselves in the craftsmanship and agile world, we see developers trying to, to do whatever it takes, right? So they, they have a good attitude in general. Uh, but then those teams are not performing well because they, the, the expectation of developers will cover all these other areas. And with all the, uh, the, the, the willingness in the world, they will not do a good job in quite a few of those areas that are not key to them. Uh, I, I totally agree, by the way. And I, as you know, developers, as we as developers in our time when we were, we were performing that role, I remember often having that attitude, like we don't need this role, we don't need this role, you know, why, why you know, we can, we can do this. And often we we think that we can do it and we probably can, but not to the level that, that is done if, if a specialist is doing it or they have the enough time to do it because that's what they are concentrating on, right? So I think, but here we are talking about specialisms in a way, right? And yes, we, we did talk about, I, I, I think the argument that, you know, all, are these varieties of different roles needed in a team? Yes, they are, you know, that's, uh, but- The, the roles but or the skills, just, just to clarify, the roles or the skills? The, the roles, and I guess the skills go along with the roles, right? So the, you know, if those roles are needed, you need to have those skills for that underpin that role, right? So I, I think that's, I mean, that's probably not up for debate, I guess, here, uh, although we kind of made that, you know, you need to be generalizing and you need to be looking at other things. I think coming back to whether we should have specialists or not, you know, the, the fact that we, you know, we are if we are expecting people to specialize in certain area, but also generalize, we are not then saying that actually we can't have specialists in, in other roles, right? I think that's, you know, what we are saying is that people can generalize and, and with developers as well, we are saying that they can, you know, you, you want developers to specialize in the areas that, you know, that, that are technically difficult and that's the, the kind of their core areas and you want them to specialize, but you also want them to generalize. You also want them to be looking at other things because I think I think taking the, the argument to the other extreme where we are expecting developers to, in that extreme, we are expecting them to specialize in many things. We're not then asking them to generalize. We are asking them to be a developer specialist, but also a delivery manager specialist and a business analyst specialist. And I think that's the unhealthy thing. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Now go on, Jose. I, I, I do think that certain degree of generalization is, is important and you need to perform uh, uh, at least good enough in some of the you know soft skills i am not okay with someone being really really good you know technically on something and then not being able to uh, work with others not be able to explain their ideas not be you know like some of these things are cross you know you doesn't matter what function you are in no you need to have yeah? that's a very and, good point that's a very so good point. so for me it's it's always t-shaped 
it's 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 more about the size no of the of the t the cross, the, the, the cross thing you know? uh but you do need those things you no know? and and yeah it's so I, I don't completely agree. You know what I mean? Like you, you still but, uh, need I that. I think meta- metaphors fail fa- fa- in some ways as well. Actually, in my view, like there is a core set of disciplines that you need depth in. It's not just the general. You need depth in those disciplines, regardless of what role you're performing. So you know, effectiveness, teamwork, leadership, all those areas. Mm-hmm. You need depth in, right? And that. And I guess when you're talking about specialism, that you, just because you have depth in, uh, you know, being able to code really well in Java, doesn't mean that you you don't need now the depth in being an effective team member. I think it's not the cross part that that is part of your depth, and there there is a commonality in that depth that needs to have to have, to be there. And I, I'm not sure if we are talking exactly about is that it, so for example, is it like in in the in the in the how do you call it that you have the cross and what do you call the the one that that goes vertically let's use the stem uh for now so but but for example is it like maybe what you're saying Manisha, uh is it like the the then the for example jose mentioned uh how thick let's say the the bar uh is yeah no the crosses but maybe yeah, there the is cr- also the other one at the bottom because like, how thick the- your, your the stem is, is that, <laughs> yeah, yeah because it's the neighboring things for example if you specialize let's say uh in in software development right you are developed but the context that you are in you interact normally with people from other disciplines from qa from business analysis for product and stuff uh, as part of your core discipline, as part of your specialization, is uh, there is a degree of uh, the connection to the neighboring disciplines, which is mm-hmm. part of your. Oh, I think that that's interesting. So you have a you have a specialization, but this is a specialization doesn't exist doesn't exist in isolation, right? Mm-hmm. It exists as part of a system. So as part of the specialization is also the connections that the specialization has with all the neighboring uh, disciplines that you interact or whatever. But then to your point, and now I'm being like, I'm I'm poking you now, but uh, to to your point then, you know, operations is is a neighboring thing. No, no, they are. And, you know, and and QA is a neighboring thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not exactly... Well, no, 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 but the point all, I was trying to make. No, but but uh, I think, I think uh, Sandro is talking more about the connections and not it's the connections exactly. So because this, I, I tried to make that point a little bit before. It was when I was saying like, how far do we go, and that's when Mesh gave the uh, example of the business analyst, right? So so for example, when you have a core discipline, but you need to interact with uh, the surrounding disciplines within your team and context department and so on and so forth. Like the depth is is like. You need to have enough enough knowledge on those uh, neighboring disciplines so that you have a productive conversation. You can work together. You can understand what each other is saying. And you can plan together and create goals together, and so on and so forth. But 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 there is but the question that I was asking is like, how far do we go? Do you go as far as moving away from your core discipline? So now that we are full time performing a different discipline, 
And that's, 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 that's the, what I think the conversation was like, how far do we go? And for me, it's just enough for you to have a very productive relationship with all the neighboring disciplines within your context. Uh, I think that's a separate point, though, that you need, you need to have all those connections. But also, like, for example, you know, when we look at our skills profiles internally, right, we have the four or five common disciplines for everybody regardless of what role they're performing, right? You know, effectiveness, leadership, teamwork, those things, right? So, but they are skills, but that's what I was, I meant, actually, they are not the connections. They are part of your skill set, and that's what you go in depth in, as well as the technical depth that you have, or business analyst or DB manager depth, right? But, but there are certain things that are actually common across all roles that are not part of the cross part of your T, they are the stem of your T. That there you need to invest effort, time, and energy to build those skills in those areas to be an effective uh, member of the team, regardless of what specialism you have. Yeah, th those ones are interesting because the ones that you mentioned, uh, just, just for people that might be uh, watching, uh, because we mentioned some some internal stuff, right? So we have like some core disciplines that we expect uh, our uh, consultants or cross people to have, and, and there is the technical side, which is just one, right? That's what you were saying, Mesh. So oh, there is a technical side that might be software development, might be business analyst, might be agile delivery management. So those are core. That's what we call the technical discipline, given the different person, different people we have. Uh, but then there are some common disciplines that we expect everyone to have. Leadership is one of them. Uh, the teamwork is another one of them. Effectiveness is someone being effective with the, the skills that they have. Sometimes. And then there is a consultancy uh, uh, skills because we are a consultancy company and client engagement. Those are the normal given out the business that we have. Uh, but those not... I wouldn't say non-technical. It's, it's just how we see them now because we, we call one technical. One of them is the technical one. All the other ones are more, are common disciplines that we want across all the other ones, but they are not the core technical one, the one that you normally specialize. You, you know, one way, yeah, exactly. You can call them common and specialist disciplines. There are right. certain disciplines that are common across all roles, and then there is a one or two special disciplines. So, so th this is interesting then. So, so because we, we, we end up doing that, but we never spoke about that. So wouldn't be uh, the way, for example, when people are looking for cross-functional teams, have that distinction and say, look, if you want to make a, a, a high-performing cross-functional team, we need some areas of specialization, the specialist disciplines, as you were saying, Mesh, but we need some common disciplines that are shared across the members of the, the 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 team, and that could even be like uh, agile processes, could be whatever else, right? So whatever that that makes sense, or, or like the uh, leadership or whatever that is, right? So, but but that's yeah. an interesting way of, of of thinking about. Well, that's how we think of it. Yeah, but I never, really but, kind of putting putting words it, to it, right? Exactly. <laughs> I never thought about that. Now, I, I yeah, just now with this conversation that I actually. Yeah, understood that. Okay, that's interesting. That's interesting. 
So specialize or not specialize? <laughs> so I think I think the answer that the, for me I, I can summarize from my, what I got from this this talk is that uh, you you can specialize, but don't forget you know you, your common disciplines as well. So that's that's one thing. So you need to have all those as well. And the second part is that when you when you actually start creating new knowledge is that when you start getting a, a good level of expertise in neighboring areas that you can then combine to 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 be more competitive to be more effective right so i think those are the two kind of very uh, interesting points that i got out of this jose I think uh, I'm in favor of generalization, and uh, and I feel like there's there's no specialization in the sense that you're always looking at other things, whether you recognize those are uh, are core or not. Uh, I, it's always happening, and and it's it's very necessary. And if you're if you're looking to develop your career, if you're looking to you know just uh, let's say if your driver is learning, that's that's the way to go. You can still have areas that you you know develop more than others. Yeah, uh, but uh, but I wouldn't call that you know specialization because for me it in, it entails a you know not looking out and and that's the that's the part that I don't, let's say, agree with. Like, you're always looking out, and you should, if you're not, you should. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, yeah, so for me, like, I, I like the idea of uh, still have fun, still, like, think about my career, the things that I really want to do, and where I, I really enjoy waking up every morning and doing the things that I want to do. But again, uh, I also understand that we are in a professional environment, and, and as part, there are... Uh, it's always nice when you achieve something with far more people because like you, you normally like uh, the, the team success for me sometimes is, is more important because like you don't tend to celebrate individual success because if everyone fails, it doesn't matter if you scored the goal, right? So if the team lost, no, doesn't matter, right? So the, so, but I, I like the idea of having a specialization, the things that you are really good at and it really gives you pleasure and you know that you bring a lot of value. But I think that that value is accentuated far more when you are able to connect your area of specialization to all the neighboring uh, skills and, and the wider ecosystem that you belong to. And then, then I think that when you really maximize the value uh, that you bring as a professional to an organization, that, that's how I see that. And, and it also puts you in positions where you'll be far more, you'll be more involved if that's an area that you want to go uh, in decision making as well. Because quite often, although people may bring the specialists to the to some decision making uh, tables, let's say, the people making decisions they are normally the, the generalists that understand the entire ecosystem and how each area of specialization fits together. And I like to have a seat on that table as well. So, <laughs> so cool. Any final, any final words? No, no, no. 
Cool. So I would like to thank again uh, Jorgen Dismet uh, for the, the comments and everyone else that uh, added comments in there. As always, if you enjoy, if you are enjoying those chats and if you want us to cover something, leave us a comment, subscribe to the channel, put a thumbs up, and we will hopefully uh, discuss your topic. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.